Welcome to the Pearl of Great Price podcast. Thanks for joining us today. It's April the 24th, and on this day in Christian history, we're going to be looking at the theme of St. Augustine. And we go back to the year 387, to the day in which he was baptised as a 33-year-old by Ambrose in Milan, the dawn of Easter Sunday. This was the end of one of the most significant conversion stories ever. Augustine arrived at the baptismal font after an agonising process of deliberation. According to his autobiographical book, the famous Confessions, we were baptised and all anxiety for our past life vanished away. Augustine had one of the finest minds in the ancient world and he would eventually become a bishop and a doctor of the church, a title that is given to saints who are recognised as having made a significant contribution to theology or doctrine. In the early church, he is one of only four doctors, alongside Ambrose, Gregory the Great and Jerome. And his thinking has been massively influential in the development of Western Christianity. So what was the anxiety that he talked about in his confessions? In his earlier life, he had been a teacher of rhetoric and pagan philosophies at some of the Roman Empire's finest schools. At the age of 17, As a talented student, he had gone to Carthage to continue his education in rhetoric. By his own accounts, he had lived a hedonistic lifestyle for a time, associating with young men who boasted of their sexual exploits, and inexperienced himself and with a desire to impress his peers, he had embarked on a relationship with a young woman in Carthage who had remained his lover for over 15 years and given birth to his son. His mother Monica had been very disappointed that he had not found someone of his own class to marry and eventually he split up with her in order to marry a 10-year-old heiress waiting for two years for the legal age of marriage in the ancient world for women was 12. He decided to become a Catholic priest during the wait and the marriage did not happen. Reading Cicero as a young man had sparked a lifelong interest in philosophy. And although raised Catholic, Augustine had become a Manichaean much to his mother's chagrin. The Manichaeans were from Persia, followers of the prophet Mani, and they taught an elaborate dualistic cosmology. They believed in the struggle between a good spiritual world of light and an evil material world of darkness. Mani was revered as the final prophet after Zoroaster, the Buddha, and Jesus. 
However, Augustine, under the influence of his mother Monica and the famous Bishop Ambrose, turned back to Christianity. His baptism by Ambrose today marked his entrance into the church. And he would become the Bishop of Hippo Regius in the Roman province of Nomidia, North Africa. His writings have influenced the development of Western philosophy and Western Christianity, and his books are still very influential, including the Kingdom of the City of God, on Christian doctrine and confessions. His impact was recognised at the time as another famous contemporary, Jerome, who compiled the Bible, said that Augustine had established anew the ancient faith. Augustine developed his own approach to philosophy and theology, accommodating a variety of methods and perspectives. Fundamentally, he believed that the grace of Christ was indispensable to human freedom. And therefore he helped to formulate the doctrine of original sin, which has had a profound effect on civilization. Augustine's understanding of the consequences of original sin, and therefore the necessity of redeeming grace, had been developed in a struggle against a Scottish theologian called Pelagius, who was eventually condemned as a heretic. Theology is often developed as a result of a dispute when the other person in dialogue with you forces you to clarify your ideas. Pelagius and his disciples refused to agree that the original disobedience of Adam and Eve was the cause of universal original sin, as Augustine called it. Augustine argued that although their disobedience was caused by pride, their nature was wounded as a result. This woundedness he called concupiscence, which affected human intelligence and will, as well as affections and desires, including sexual desire. In later ages, psychoanalysts might refer to this as libido. The subtle points that Augustine was making was that we do bad things not because we are possessed by an evil spirit, but because we are wounded in some fundamental way. This state of concupiscence was the privation of good, the absence of good, and it acted like a wound. The Pelagians argued that human nature could not lose its moral capacity for doing good, but that a person was free to act or not to act in a righteous way. He giving the example of the eyes, the Pelagians argued that they have the capacity for seeing, but a person can make either good or bad use of them. Augustine pointed out that humanity's tendency, repeated tendency, to do bad things seem to be deeper rooted than this. It was like we are always being dragged backwards by some unnamed force. 
hugely influenced by St. Paul. For him, this was the apparent disobedience of the flesh to the spirit, as St. Paul had described it. Concupiscence was as a result of original sin. Many modern thinkers dismiss Augustine's obsession with sex. However, the Italian scholar Agostino Trappe insists that Augustine's personal experience cannot be credited for his doctrine about concupiscence. He considered Augustine's marital experience to be quite normal, even exemplary, aside from the absence of Christian wedding rites. Augustine used Ciceronian Stoic concept of passions to interpret Paul's doctrine of universal sin and redemption. But it seems that the rejection of his own highly sensual nature as described in the Confessions and a new life of continence are significant. Augustine taught that human sexuality had been wounded together with the whole of human nature and it required the redemption of Christ. The sin of Adam is inherited by all human beings, original sin. How did the church come to view this as mainstream thinking? It leads to a wider question of how does creative and original thinking become official dogma? This does not happen immediately. But as ideas are tested and peer-reviewed by authoritative structures, the process of the development of Christian doctrine is part of the living reception of a living tradition. John Henry Newman, in his book An Essay on the Development of Christian Doctrine, argued that various Catholic doctrines not accepted by Protestants, such as devotion to the Blessed Virgin Mary or purgatory, had had a developmental history analogous to doctrines that were accepted by Protestants, the Trinity, Divinity and the Humanity of Christ. Such developments were, in his view, the natural and beneficial consequences of reason working on the original revealed truth to draw out consequences that were not obvious at first. This process involved the period of reception. This period of reception describes the dynamic process where doctrine is expounded, discussed, altered, changed, reformulated before it becomes dogma. Unfortunately, at a time when dogmatic is often used as a pejorative word to describe something that is stuck and unchanging, this dynamic process of reception has been lost. As the Church absorbed Augustine's thinking around sin, it was confirmed at numerous councils, from Carthage in the year 418 all the way through to Trent in 1546. But his idea of inherited guilt eternally damning infants was omitted by these councils 
and various popes. So the process of reception accepted part of Augustine's thought while rejecting other parts. His significant contribution to just war theory is also worth considering. Augustine asserted that Christians should be pacifists as a personal and philosophical stance. However, peacefulness in the face of a grave wrong that could only be stopped with violence would be a sin. Defence of oneself or others could be a necessity, especially when authorised to do so by a legitimate authority. While not breaking down the conditions necessary for a war to be just, Augustine coined the phrase in his work, The City of God. In essence, the pursuit of peace must include the option of fighting for its long-term preservation. And such a war could not be preemptive, but defensive, to restore peace. Thomas Aquinas, centuries later, used the authority of Augustine's arguments in an attempt to define the conditions under which a war could be just. This thinking of Augustine occurred when the Western Roman Empire was beginning to disintegrate and frequent wars and invasions by barbarian tribes were a reality. Augustine imagined the church as a spiritual city of God, distinct from the material earthly city. His thoughts profoundly influenced the medieval worldview. His work, De Trinitatis, on the Trinity helped it to be defined by the Council of Nicaea and the Council of Constantinople closely identified with Augustine's thinking. Thomas Aquinas was influenced heavily by Augustine but on the topic of original sin Aquinas proposed a more optimistic view of humanity than that of Augustine in that in Aquinas's conception of original sin Reason, will and the passions of fallen man still have their natural powers even after the fall without the need for supernatural gifts. Both Catholics and many Protestants consider Augustine to be one of the most important church fathers. The historian Dermot McCulloch has written, Augustine's impact on Western Christian thought can hardly be overstated. Only his beloved example, Paul of Tarsus, had been more influential, and Westerners have generally understood Paul through Augustine's eyes. However, in the East, his teachings are more disputed. The most controversial doctrine associated with him, the Filioque, was rejected by the Orthodox Church. Filioque is a Latin term meaning, and from the sun, and was added to the Nicene Creed. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and from the Son. Jesus Christ is an additional origin point of the Holy Spirit. This creed is still recited by many Christians regularly in public worship. However, disputation over this became the theological reason for the great schism of 1054. 
is split between the east and the west. Augustine's influence spreads wider than Christianity. His early and influential writing on the human will, a central topic in ethics, became a focus for Schopenhauer, Kierkegaard and Nietzsche. His philosophical method, especially demonstrated in the Confessions, has continued to influence continental philosophy throughout the 20th century. Ludwig Wittgenstein extensively quotes Augustine in his philosophical investigations for his approach to language, both admiringly and also as a sparring partner to develop his own ideas, including an extensive opening passage from the Confessions. That's all from the Pearl of Great Price today. I hope you've enjoyed listening. Join us tomorrow if you can as we look at the tradition of muscular Christianity and the founding of Barnsley FC. If you want to visit the blog or commission a podcast for your own organisation, visit the website for more information at www.pogp.net. And if you'd like to respond directly, then email a show on pogppod at gmail.com. Have a lovely day wherever you are, and thanks for listening.